That old black magic has me in its spell That old black magic that you weave so well I see fingers up and down my spine Same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine Same old tingle that I feel inside. Welcome back to another episode of Broomsticks and Butterbeer, your chapter by chapter discussion of the Harry Potter novels. I am Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. And we are moving right along on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, uh, which Jess is currently reading uh, because she hates America. No, because you got me the Ravenclaw edition for Christmas. Oh, so it's my fault you hate America. No, nobody hates America here. (laughs) Hashtag make America great again. I want to go out for a cheeseburger later. Ooh. Yeah. Some apple pie, maybe? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Yep. So chapter 16, Through the Trap Door. Let's kind of recap the listeners on how chapter 15 ended. Because it was a pretty dark, pretty eventful chapter uh into the forbidden forest we had a unicorn blood drinker out in the woods which is never a good thing no and we believe it's voldemort although we're not i mean it was never really officially confirmed right we kind of kind of believe that it's voldemort because of everything that the centaurs told us about the fact that we have that voldemort is basically hanging on because mars is bright tonight it is very bright uh, it was super bright. That means that Voldemort's hanging around, I guess. I guess. Um, I'm going to have to look out the window tonight and see if, like, Venus is in line with Jupiter or something. And if that means that, I don't know. I don't know what that what that would mean. That mean we're going to get a six more weeks of winter? Or is that, is that how that works? Stop playing with your phone. Sorry. It keeps buzzing. It keeps, it's book people, though. They're right. all chattering. That, there's there's that, a lot of book is chatter. Is that going Jennifer? On. That Jennifer? No. no it's it's like whenever we hear the, the phone going off, like like it's broken. You know, oh, Jennifer's off work. Yeah. And it goes bing, 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 yeah. bing, 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 bing. Uh, like it's Jennifer. Speaking of friends of the show, uh, our friend Kelly has a birthday today. Oh, so yeah. Happy birthday, happy Kelly. Happy birthday to uh, our resident Slytherin. Our and, favorite and, Slytherin. And, and sometimes intern, uh, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Uh, up there in Brooklyn, so uh, she shout just out. won a trivia contest. Too, she did. She? She's kind of she's kind of bragging about it on Facebook. Yeah, well. And Slytherins like to put it in your face when they win something. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. Like, when was the last time you won something, Potter? What a jerk. Oh, Kelly's not a jerk. No, Kelly's not a jerk. Kelly's great. So shout out to Kelly. Not also proof that not all Slytherins are evil, but mm-hmm. all evil. People are Slytherin. Yes. yes. So, uh, well, like I said, unicorn blood drinker in the woods. We believe it's Voldemort. Uh, we know that Snape wants the stone for Voldemort to return him to his full evil power, Skeletor type glory. Right? <laughs> that was Skeletor's in this. That's why Skeletor wanted to get. To, if you're a He-Man fan, that's why he wanted to get into Castle Grayskull because that he would be he would unlock. Uh, you know the power that he needed to take over the universe. I thought he just thought the sorceress was hot. <laughs> he man. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna show up and 
<laughs> later on in this in this book. Book three, I think Skeletor comes in. <laughs> kind of forms a, an alliance with with Voldemort. That is that. Am I spoiling things for for everybody? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Rewind. And not not in the way you're talking though. So uh, that's where kind of where we're at. Uh, we're Snape getting ever closer to the Sorcerer's Stone, and we know that he doesn't want it for its doesn't want it for himself now. The Sorcerer's Stone is wanted for Voldemort to bring you know who back to prominence on an on an evil scale, but. The students got other things they got to worry about. It's exam time. Yes. <laughs> we can't Major exams. We can't worry about e- evil incarnate returning. We got tests to take, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the one thing that could take your mind off being murdered by an evil sorcerer would be, evil wizard would be tests. You would probably just read a book, maybe take a hot bath. Yeah. The uh, wizards at, our potential wizards at Hogwarts don't have that luxury. They have hot baths. Hmm. They don't have. They only have time for those though. They gotta. No, they gotta they got exams to take. To do. What about uh, Flintwick's test? You had to make a pineapple do the cha-cha across the table or something like tap that, dance. right? Tap dance. That's right. Tap dance across the table. Sorry, I, <laughs> that's I, a cha-cha. That's ridiculous. I'm not a dancing with the stars connoisseur like you are. Yes. Uh, McGonagall's test. You had to turn a mouse into a snuff box. Which I, you and I were discussing is like a cigar box, maybe? That, yeah, that was my guess. I didn't look I mean, it up or anything. When I think of snuff, I think of, I mean, I think of like chewing tobacco. So I would think it's like some kind of tobacco. And, and you, even, uh, you even asked me if that was the same in my book. Yeah. Snuff was. box was the same in my book. And it was. And it was. So I'm guessing we're just not familiar with tobacco-based products or whatever the heck a, stu- a snuff box is. I'm definitely not familiar with tobacco-based products. So uh, transfiguration from a mouse into a snuff box. And you got points taken away if your snuff box had whiskers on it. Yeah. So you got to get rid of them whiskers. got to take care of them whiskers. Uh, Snape's was, uh, you had to remember, which was kind of ironic, you had to remember... How to make a forgetfulness potion. (laughs) (laughs) So, and if you did not, if you forgot how to make a forgetfulness potion, maybe you drank a little bit of forgetfulness potion, or maybe you just didn't uh, do your revisions. Yes. Which is uh, vernacular for studying. Yes. Is that right? Yes, I had a lot of revisions. I'm learning. Harry has to do this whole thing with just like the worst migraine ever, right? Yeah, his scar keeps, keeps hurting. Ever since his encounter with whoever that cloaked figure in the woods was. Yes. It just has, it's, has not gone away. Nope. And, and nightmares. Yeah. He's been having nightmares of a cloaked figure that drinks blood visiting him. Yeah. I mean, you could imagine how that would maybe... Stick I mean, with I, I had nightmares last night, and I, didn't, I wasn't visited by any cloaked figures. That drank blood? Not in the woods, at least. Yeah. I mean... Not to not to speak for like what happens like in my backyard, but you know, there's weirdos walking around there all the time. No, we keep the gate locked because the dogs. The dogs are gonna eat because they're gonna hurt the, weir- the weirdos. <laughs> we don't want some weirdos we don't want us. weirdos messing with our dogs because they got bit by the dog. Uh, Harry sees an owl. This is, now after all the tests are done, they're kind of relaxing outside, and Harry sees an owl fly overhead, and that makes him think of Hagrid. Because Hagrid seems to be the only one who ever sends him 
Letters. Letters via the owl uh, delivery service. Mm -hmm. This is logical thinking. And that just kind of leads his thoughts to Hagrid is a good guy. He never betrayed Dumbledore. He would never tell anyone how to get past Fluffy. Oh, no. <laughs> and he has a, a, a revelation, and he needs to see Hagrid at once. And so the, the trio rush off, Harry, Hermione, and Ron. They rush off to see Hagrid. So w what is Harry's thought process here? Why did he... How did he kind of connect these different things and come to the realization that we need to go talk to Hagrid now because I just thought of something that could cause some potential problems? Well, Hagrid has a history of just kind of letting things slip. How, <laughs> how have the kids gotten all of their information from yeah. him? Just letting things slip. And Hermione showed us her little flattery art yeah, and got some everywhere. more stuff out of him too. And so Harry, in his little twisty turn train of thought, comes around to why did that guy just happen to have a dragon egg in his pocket mm -hmm. and just happen to talk to Hagrid and just happen to know that was what he wanted most. And so that these, these coincidences made Harry suspicious. So they talked to Hagrid about the bar stranger that he won the dragon egg from. I'm, I'm guessing this was couple weeks ago mm -hmm. uh, when this happened that's just kind of the timeline I was thinking of in my head Hagrid began to talk about the fact that uh, he didn't get a look at the stranger because the stranger wouldn't take his cloak off which is suspicious to the children but not suspicious to Hagrid right no, not to Hagrid I guess apparently he hangs out in some shady places and yeah. is used to some shady business going on sure so some people that don't want to have their faces out there and in public especially you know and he kind of wrote it off well, maybe maybe he was a dragon dealer and you wouldn't want which is illegal which is illegal absolutely so you wouldn't want anybody to be able to identify you if you were going to be peddling illegal dragon eggs and Hagrid mentions that the stranger got him talking and got him a little lubricated he kept buying him drinks I was trying yep. to think of a nice way to, to say that on this on our PG podcast here <laughs> I'm, I'm really concerned that Hagrid needs an intervention. I, he's a big boy, though. It probably, takes, a, it probably boy, takes a lot. He says he can't really remember everything they talked about. Yeah. So, clearly, he's getting a little, uh, yeah, a little a past little, his limit there. A little too much. He's probably overdoing it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you gotta... Friends, friends uh, help friends drink responsibly, I think. Are you saying he doesn't have any friends? I mean, who's he hanging out in these bars with? Hooded, cloaked figures. <laughs> Just random, random guys and gals, right? It's not like he's like grabbing his six buddies to, you know, go out and he's, you know, all, all these guys got his back well, in case something goes down. There is someone there, but we can't discuss that yet. Mm, mm, spoiler alert. Yes. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about, by the way. <laughs> I know you don't. Uh, I'm just kind of nodding my head like, yep, yep, yep. yep yeah, there sure was there. somebody else there, but we can't tell you Obviously, that's who he was going because, to see. Because um, I have no idea what you're talking about, and mm -hmm. I really do have no idea what you're talking about. The uh, stranger told Hagrid that they could play cards for the dragon, but with one caveat. If he did win the dragon, the stranger wanted to be sure that he could take care of such a unique animal and how did Hagrid assure this uh, cloaked figure that he indeed uh, had the skills to take care of a 
unique animal? Well, I imagine he gave a great big chuckle and said, after taking care of a giant three-headed dog, Fluffy, Dragon will be a piece of cake. Tell us more. How did... It wasn't just that we could take care and care for this animal. He even... Hagrid, that is... Uh, I'm trying to get these my pronouns. Hagrid even used uh, the... Took, a, took it a step farther and said how he could, like, wrangle Fluffy okay. well, Harry he, to was calm like, him down. Harry was, like, pulling it out of him. Right. He's like, oh, and was this strange cloaked figure curious about Fluffy? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, of course he was. And everybody would be curious about a three-headed dog. Mm-hmm. Huh? What, what did he ask you about Fluffy? How did I manage him? Oh, well, I managed it's easy. Once you know how to calm him down, you just play him a bit of music. He falls right to sleep. And, of course, that's when Hagrid covers his mouth because I just said out loud. The thing that I was not supposed to say. The the literal. Yet again. My my literal biggest contribution to this whole, other than going and getting the stone, uh, his literal biggest contribution to the whole protection of the stone was the contribution of fluffy right mm-hmm. and now he is just let out into the the ether the uh, three <laughs> first year students yeah the uh his secret to calming uh you know the the main protector of uh of the source or the initial protector of the sorcerer so we're going to get into some of the other protections later on in the chapter so harry kind of surmises that that had to have been either Snape or Voldemort under the cloak. And when I was reading that, I was kind of thinking, well, I mean, it could have been like one of Voldemort's lackeys or just basically somebody on the on the side of evil, right? Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to be. We don't even know if Voldemort would have been in, in any kind of condition to hang out in a bar all and have a conver- yeah and have a conversation and and things like that. Hagrid, was he sipping silver unicorn <laughs> blood? Did you look in his mug? Come to think of it, Harry, <laughs> <laughs> he offered me a sip of said unicorn blood. I didn't even put those together until just now. Uh, he offered me some at. <laughs> Is that something? Is that what he says for yeah. something? S O M M A T. Some at. He offered me some at. I decline. I decided to stick with my brown liquid. My fire whiskey or whatever he has. Yeah, he seems to be a, like a bourbon whiskey kind of guy. Um, so, like like I said, Harry either thinks that it's Snape or Voldemort under the cloak. But either way, this hooded figure knows the fluffy secret. So now, the only thing Snape needs is whatever Quirrell brings to the table, which he seemingly... Uh, Quirrell seemingly gave up last chapter, right? Mm-hmm. In that whatever room Harry was all walking right, by. All right, all right, yeah. And we assumed that he was talking talking to Snape, but we never saw him no. talking to anybody. Harry was just kind of, you know, getting from point A to point B at that point. But it seems that whatever whoever Quirrell was talking to, he is finally caved and, and, and agreed. And if, if this hooded figure knows how to get past fluffy then that's game over right yes well yes but no hermione brought up the good point that voldemort is afraid of dumbledore Mm -hmm. so she thinks Uh, that's that's the last line of defense dumbledore's here he's not gonna try anything so we gotta go looking for him right yes we We, should also tell dumbledore we gotta go tell him 
Because we have enough proof here now that Hagrid will admit that he told some stranger Mm -hmm. how to get past Fluffy. Sure. So that by itself should be enough for alarm. We need to change that first line of defense. We need to add some sort of protection. Something. So they run in to find Dumbledore. But they run into Professor McGonagall instead. (laughs) Yes. I kind of love that scene. Who's a little... uh, McGonagall is a little upset that... uh, I can't even remember why she was upset, because the students should be outside, like, enjoying the day, and where are you running off to? It's, like, end of the semester, and end of the year. You've done the finals. Now the teachers have to do all of the cleanup from the the final exams and do all the grading they're like get outside get out of our hair we're trying to clean this up some of them are like practical exams and stuff so they're trying to clean up she's carrying all these books and she's like what are you doing inside go outside play have fun enjoy the weather and they're like no we have to talk to Dumbledore well Dumbledore's not even here he left go outside get away from me but the the big thing in there is that Dumbledore's not at the school. He was called away by the Ministry of Magic. What do you mean he's not here? Yep, they said he got an urgent owl Mm -hmm. and had to leave immediately for the Ministry of Magic. He'll be back tomorrow. So this is doubly bad timing for the trio who really need Voldemort right now. Or it's perfect timing if you're somebody who's trying to get the stone, right? Right. And I think Harry is even... I think they mentioned it in the chapter that Harry was convinced that Snape had to have had something to do with to do sending, the letter. sending the letter and that when Voldemort shows up to the ministry... Voldemort's going to the ministry? No, not Voldemort. <laughs> Dumbledore. I'm sure Voldemort will, if he if he returns to power, he's probably going to want to take out the ministry, but uh, Dumbledore's... Somebody'd be surprised somebody, if he showed up, yeah. but... Dumbledore is going to show up, and the ministry is going to be like, "Well, why are you here? Well, you sent me this owl. No, we didn't send you this owl. Or are you sure? Well, let me check. Did you send him out? There's a lot of people at the ministry. It's going to take them a little while to double check. Yeah, (laughs) everybody. Yeah, send send a uh, send an email out. Send an electronic (laughs) mail out. And uh, we're 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 not in good shape right now. You know, Harry is adamant about needing to stop Snape from getting the stone. Dumbledore's not here. It's basically, you know, Harry and his friends on their own against... They try to tell McGonagall. Right. Because he, she kind of laughs at them and says, what t- could you possibly have to say that's more important than what the Ministry of Magic needs Dumbledore for? And, and they actually tell and her they tell that her they know her about, the, about stone. the stone. And she kind of gets flabbergasted. How do you know about that? You're not supposed to know about that. And she assures them it's fine. That bugs me. That bugged me a little bit. That she kind of just knowing McGonagall and how much she really does care about these kids, and um, you know, she's not, she's not, she's a little bit softer on the inside than she is on the outside. But the fact that she kind of just, you know, brushed them off. Yeah, and I guess that that kind of bugged me a little bit because I think McGonagall could have been a, a huge asset here you know she's one of the more powerful witches at hogwarts yes but again she's busy she's work you know got her hands literally has her hands full and they're first year students who aren't even supposed to know about the stone and she doesn't know any of this other background stuff she just tells her the very basics 
we know somebody's gonna try and steal it. And she's confident that they laid down all these protections that that's not possible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I guess I just think if, if it was the chosen one <laughs> was the only person to have ever encountered a, a vengeful Voldemort and survived, if he's coming to me, and you know, if it's Neville coming to me, <laughs> I'm probably just like, go outside and play. Get out of here. What's wrong with you? Go look for your toad, Neville. But if the chosen one is is Neville. doing that, uh, I, I, I think I but might. But he didn't say. I think I might as well just like look into it. I saw this it. creepy hooded figure. We think it might be Voldemort. My scars hurting. All these things. She, she didn't give him a chance. He's just saying. She didn't I give think him a chance to do he that. He almost says. I think Snape, uh, someone is going to try. And they know that the kids all know that, or the teachers all know that they're very anti-Snape. And, you know, there's that mean teacher at the schools that all the kids hate and is trying to kill them or whatever. And so she writes that part off, too. Yeah, but you still, I mean, you still, to me, got to take the time to at least sit down. Give them five minutes. (laughs) And then if you think that it's garbage what they're saying, then, you know, you can shove them outside you know, have them play tag or something. Well, this is just their first year, their first experience with saving the world. Okay. I think she'll take them a little more seriously in the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. <laughs> okay, after she finds out that they were right and that, you know, the the Lord of Evil is back, you think she, she might take them seriously in the future? That's great, or it's very nice of her to to do do them that favor. Uh, she has no reason to suspect that that's what's going on. Okay, other than the fact that the chosen one is telling her. <laughs> what did he do? He was what? a baby who sat there. Who sat there and and didn't die. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Who caught? Who caused the the Lord of all no, evil? No, they don't know what happened. To, no. Yes, they do. They know that that somehow this kid. You know, it was not just left there, you know, to live because Voldemort couldn't possibly kill a child. He'd kill, you know, as many as he can get his hands on. You know, something special about, about, everybody knows there's something special about him. He's a celebrity. When you're a celebrity, it's audio's reality. I know too much and it's frustrating. Okay, well, uh, let's move on then. Okay. Uh, Harry's adamant about stopping Snape. Uh, and maybe not even stop stopping Snape, but getting to the stone before Snape can get there. Because we know that as a first-year student, he's no match for Snape on a, a wizarding level. But if he can somehow get to the stone first then we might at least have a, a fighting chance here. But Hermione and Ron can't believe that Harry would even think about going out and trying to get through all the incantations and, and Fluffy and everything to get to the stone. They're just flabbergasted by the fact that, that he wants to do this. And Harry kind of has a little bit of a rant you know that doesn't he? That that how would you describe uh, the rant that he goes on, giving all the reasons why th- we need to do this. This needs to happen, and he, I mean he gets very uh, yeah. aggressive and emotional with it. Yeah, and very very doom and gloom, and you know they're arguing that you know you'll get expelled, you'll you'll never be able to come back to Hogwarts. He's like there won't be a Hogwarts. No, 
And it doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll all be dead. The world's going to be over. He's going to smash Hogwarts. It'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to turn it into a school of the dark arts. Yeah, yeah. And it just doesn't matter. If we don't do this, nothing else matters. It's the end of the world. Is and, and he was even saying, well, what's the, what's the best case? You know, the best case scenario is that, you know, we, I go back to the Dursleys and he kills me in three months. Or something yeah, he comes, like that. He finds me. I get expelled. I have to go home, live with my aunt and uncle, for, and then he comes and finds me there. Yeah, so I get a reprieve of a little bit. I get to before, live a little bit longer. Before evil comes in and kills me. And there's not going to be a Hogwarts to come back to. And he ends the, the rant by saying, and he killed my parents. You know, so. That's his nail. That's the go-to I mean, that's, card that's every all, time. That's all you got to say. That's all you got to say. Is he, he's killed my parents. I'm going to stop him. So, you know, they eventually, the trio eventually agrees to go together using the cloak. It's a good thing someone returned that cloak to him, right? Yes, just in case. It's a, it's a good thing somebody took it to the dry cleaners. <laughs> I don't think they did that. And neatly folded it. We had a dry cleaner Wizards discussion. Wizards do not have dry cleaners. The, I think they do. They do not. I think they do. They don't. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a front. It's like a legitimate business that's a, a front for... You know, practicing wizards and witches, but I think they re- do some legitimate dry cleaning. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. just no. So we're going to use the cloak. We're going to sneak into the uh, chamber, get past Fluffy, go down the trapdoor, get past all the incantations, uh, get the Sorcerer's Stone before Snape and/or Voldemort can get their hands on it. Right? Yes. Sound about plan. sound easy. It's, it's good to have a plan. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We, we good should, to go? We should always have a plan. And uh, no no less than Neville Longbottom himself sees, I love Neville. sees the trio sneaking out. He doesn't know what they're going to do, no. but he just knows that they're sneaking, sneaking out. And we can't afford to have any more points taken away from Dumbledore just because you want to go out. Gryffindor. Uh, You're not good at <laughs> words Dumbledore. today. Words are hard, though. <laughs> they are. Especially Harry Potter. Well, he don't know talking good like me and you. So his vocabulistics is limited to I and am and Groot. Exclusively in that order. We'll fix that. We'll fix it in post. Oh, okay. I'll sound really smart on the, <laughs> on, on the post-production. I'm going to sound like a genius. But Neville tries to stop them. He's, he says, we can't afford to have any more points from Gryffindor. D- did Neville's reaction kind of surprise you a little bit? I mean, because he was... He was threatening to fight, you know, Ron. He was I threatening to en- engage in fisticuffs with them. This is another moment where we get to see more from each character. Remember, we saw a little bit different side of Hermione, a little different side of Ron, and now we're getting to see our little different side of Neville. So it was surprising, and though. he, no, they told him to stand up to people, and he's going to stand up to people. Well, not us. <laughs> <laughs> no better time like the present, Ron. I guess. He doesn't want them to break the rules. He doesn't want them to 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 take more points from Gryffindor or Dumbledore. And he's standing up. Ten points from Dumbledore. <laughs> he's like, yes. <laughs> Dumbledore's coming for that house cup. <laughs> so he is going to st- stand his ground and and try and keep his friends from getting into trouble. How'd that work out for him? Yeah, Hermione just took care of it. Hermione business. like owned him. Used uh, what kind? What was the spell? It, I I know what it did. It was like a leg locking or lock. A full body bind. Full body bind. Yeah, like a straight jacket 
Yeah. Virtual straight jacket. His arms went straight to his sides. Mm-hmm. His legs went straight together. And he fell over on his face. Mm. I kind they of were nice sh- enough to roll him over, yeah, though. Yeah, I kind of saw him <laughs> try to break his fall, though. I think in the movies he falls backwards, yeah. not onto his face. Yeah. It's a little nicer. Yeah. That was one of my favorite lines, too. It wasn't in the books. In the movie, uh, Ron looks at Hermione and says, you're kind of scary sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But scary. Yeah, she is. She is. She's definitely got a, uh, and she's gonna, you know, use those those skills later on in the chapter too to kind of get him out of another bind. But Neville's out of the way. We've got the trio under the invisibility cloak coming upon the door to uh, the chamber where Fluffy is in. The door is open, which is not a good sign. Um, what did we have a problem with before though? No, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't put that in my notes. This chapter was so long. It was. And how many notes did you take? None. 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 And I'm but si- I still remember they had a problem with peas. And I'm sitting here. After I read the chapter, I go back through again and I do my notes. And I'm, and I'm just, my hand is hurting from writing so much. And I, I look at, okay, well, how many pages do I have left? 15 pages left after the ones I've already taken notes on? How long was this chapter? 20-something pages? I think so. Yeah, this was the long one. Good grief. We've only got one more, though. J.K. Rowling. Uh, Can you write smaller chapters so I feel smarter? You know? (laughs) That's what somebody told me about the Da Vinci Code. Like, the Da Vinci Code has really short chapters, so you feel really smart. (laughs) Because you you get through, like, uh, you know, you knock out, like, 10 chapters in in a night or something like that. All right. It would have been nice if if she could have, you know, thrown in a... You know, some six or seven page chapters for me. To and she started that off break. in the beginning, but as we go along, and, and these books are building. and these books only get bigger as we go along. Well, too. Yeah. yeah. So yes. I'm assuming the chapters are only going to get longer too. So I'm going to be I'm going to be more exhausted. I'm going to need like a wrist splint or something like that. We need to get one of those things that, like, you can dictate your notes to your computer and it'll type it up for you. Ooh, we don't have technology for that, I don't think. Well, what we are do. we, wizards? <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's the doctor's office had it. No. It exists. No, that doesn't exist. You're, you're dreaming. Um, and the kids at school on their Chromebooks can do it. Ah. They hit the little microphone and they just ah. talk and it, and it types it, but it also picks up everything else that's going on in the room, so it types a bunch of extra junk they yeah, don't want see, see, and they we get don't really have the, mad. We don't have the technology yet. But you're sitting in a quiet room. You could do it. Nah, I don't think so. You could do I'd it. I'd have a, a dog licking the, the food bowl incessantly like we had at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> just would not stop. She just wanted to make sure she got it all. Yeah, I guess. Every crumb. Anyways, yes, the door is open. It's open. And uh, there's a harp on the floor. Um, so that means not only has somebody been in here, somebody has played some music mm-hmm. to get past Fluffy. Someone, presumably Snape, is already closing in and is already a few steps ahead of them. So not only do we need to get past all of these obstacles, but we need to start doing it pretty quick. Yes. So Harry starts playing the flute, which I had totally forgotten until you reminded me. I said, where did he get a flute from? (laughs) All it said in the book was Harry played Hagrid's flute. Well, it said, no, earlier in the chapter when he was, it was, it all seemed very poorly planned, but he ran up to get the invisibility cloak mm-hmm. and he saw Hagrid's flute lying there. Oh, okay. That I he'd given remember. him for I Christmas. That part. And he grabbed it and took it with him because he knew he'd need something. Because he didn't feel much like singing is what it said. Uh-huh. I guess they were planning on singing 
for okay. Fluffy. I guess I... But he said he didn't feel much like singing, so he grabbed the flute. Well, I was reading this 75-page chapter. I guess I overlooked a couple things. Yeah. Yeah, it was not that long. Uh, I'm going to put a little note here because you want to talk about peeves a little bit more. We'll, we'll do that at the end if no, you want to. No, we mentioned him. It's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to him. He just gets... He just doesn't get mentioned because he's not in the movie. Yeah, I just... So uh, when he's in the books, I'm like, look, see, there's peeves. I'm, I'm kind of... I kind of gets on my nerves. Well, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. He's obnoxious. Yeah. I'm just like, as if these kids don't have enough to, to get through. We got a, like a tattletailing ghost. It's not critical right now, but it's just important that he's there. I guess. So Harry plays the flute that Hagrid gave him for Christmas. Fluffy dozes off again. And the thing, I, one of the things I really did like about this chapter was the, the description, you know, like the, the word pictures that were painted, especially when we get into especially when we're looking down into like the uh the seemingly endless you know expanse that 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 is the trap door and then all the different rooms you know i i don't remember there was a couple of things that popped into my head like oh i remember that from the movie when mm-hmm. i saw it but most of it i was kind of creating in my head based on you know the words that were on the page and i think that anytime you can do that I don't think it's a credit to me for having a really good imagination. I think it's a credit to the writer for, you know, doing a, a very good job of, you know, painting that that uh, picture with the the words that she wrote. And she did it very efficiently too. I mean, it, she didn't. Yeah, spend only took a her lot seven, only took her seventy five no, pages. No, I knew you were going to say that, but no, we've already been through half the chapter already. Mm-hmm. There's only probably ten pages left at this point, and we still have a long ways to There's go. At least twenty left. No. <laughs> There's <laughs> like ten left, at least. And and she, I I just noticed like we got through all of the trials rather quickly, but she paint like you said painted a good picture. So uh, the this seemingly bottomless uh, going on forever pit, which is that's why I think that it was that she did such a good job because it in your mind you're thinking just like you just see black. You know, I really got an idea of, you know, the, you know, how big the, the situation was and how big this seemingly going on forever thing that they were jumping into, uh, the enormity of the, of the situation. You giggling about. I love you about his Loki saying he was falling for 30 minutes. We just watched uh, <laughs> Thor 3 the other day. Yeah. And uh, Loki was falling for 30 minutes. Uh, th- it did not take them 30 minutes to get to the bottom of the trap door, though. No. Harry, Harry goes no. first. And uh, it's kind of, you know, just like a leap of faith. I mean, we don't know what yeah. we're... She just jumped. <laughs> we don't know how, you know, if we're going to break our legs when we're going to hit the bottom. But if we're going to go he... into like a dragon's mouth when we hit the bottom. We he, don't know. He does take precautions. He's like, if something happens to me, don't jump. <laughs> <laughs> Instead... Go to the Owlry and send Dumbledore an owl. Yeah. Like, wait, you probably should have done that from the beginning, just to get Dumbledore back. Yeah. I would have taken Neville along with me and, you know, thrown him down there first. And <laughs> No, don't do that to Neville. Is, is he okay? Yeah, he's all right. We can go. And, you know, if he, if he doesn't make it, eh. <laughs> no. You know, then the trio's still intact. But is that... Not, not cool. I thought you were going to say bring Neville along and then once the door was open, send him to go send the message. But instead, yeah. you're throwing him down a bottomless pit. I mean, it would have been fine. 
You know, yeah. we find out that he would have been fine. It's actually a pretty soft landing that yeah. we find out. And Ron and Hermione follow, but it turns out that that soft landing was not as um, advantageous as we thought. No. Kind of fill us in on what the soft landing and the first actual, I guess the second obstacle after Fluffy yeah. actually is. So... Harry drops down, yells up that it's fine, it's rather soft, some kind of plant, it's great, come on down. Ron drops down, and then Hermione drops down. But Hermione immediately notices something is wrong, and she jumps up and scurries away. And kind of yells at the boys. And they hadn't even realized in all of the commotion that the plant was wrapping itself around them. Around their legs, around their chests, their arms... Suddenly they can't move, and that's when Hermione has to kick her brain into overdrive mm-hmm. to figure out what it is, what's going on, and how to solve the problem. And plus the fact that the it, it's kind of like quicksand in the fact that the more that they struggle, the tighter the, tighter the, the constrictions come, right? Yeah. So what is uh, Hermione bails the boys out again mm-hmm. using her, her, her memory of w- witching skills. Herbology. And she remembers that it's called Devil's Snare mm-hmm. and that it hates, it likes dark and damp. Mm-hmm. And so then... What's the opposite of dark and damp? Ron, I believe, yells light of fire. And she's like, of course, but I don't have any matches or any wood or whatever. And he's like... You're a witch! You crazy? <laughs> You're a witch! What is wrong with you, woman? I mean, he's You can just literally started. conjure up anything that you want <laughs> right now. You're a witch! Well, and in particular, she's known for her little blue fire flames that she does. So she. It's literally what you're known for! <laughs> she's done it before in this chapter, and she, or not chapter, but in this book, so she does it again and she conjures up her little blue flame. Light the flame! <laughs> and the devil snare lets go of the boys. Alright, so two obstacles down, and nobody's dead yet. Good. Uh, The next passage leads to a chamber full of what we think are uh, shiny uh, birds of prey. (laughs) Sparkly birds. (laughs) Sparkly birds that are going to peck our eyes out when we try to get to that door. On this, like, deathly mission, these kids need to be a little bit more observant. This, This scene I do not remember from the movie, but I do remember it from the video game. The Lego video game. I remember uh, uh, chasing the the birds around trying to to find the right one. So it turns out that we we run across the chamber. We get to the door. Nobody's pecked our eyes out yet, but the door won't open. And the door won't open because these aren't birds. They're keys. Ah, they're flying keys. keys. And I mean, does it say how many? Because I'm just envisioning like. Hundreds it of them. It doesn't. Yeah. But it, yeah, a lot. Yeah, I'm just envisioning like hundreds of, of things that all look the same. And I much further up since they couldn't yeah. really tell and right. they're like squinting yeah. and stuff. So kind of remind me of like bats like hanging on a ceiling or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Yeah, they weren't like right in front of your face. But Harry spots some broomsticks conveniently left ah. nearby. Broomsticks for flying uh-huh. and, and sweeping. And but, but mainly for flying in the wizarding world. We have to fly around, not only catch a key, that because these, these things are squirmy. These things kind of remind me of, of snitches. 
yeah. in a way, and that they're they're Sit really around. hard to catch. Yeah. And even if we do catch one, there's no guarantee that that's going to be the one that is going to open the door. I mean, we could be down here forever, yeah. you know, trying to get past uh, this next obstacle. But Ron's the logical one this time. And he looks at the door and says, well, it's going to be big. It's going to be silver. And it's going to be old fashioned. Mm-hmm. And this is where Harry's uh, secret skills help because mm-hmm. he can notice little things that most people can't especially for you know when he's on a broom and he's he's perched up high he can notice little tiny intricacies that most people can't that's what makes him such a good seeker is you know maybe just like a little glimmer or a little like shift in the wind or something like that kind of helps him find that snitch and that kind of he notices uh, one of the keys had like a, a had been recently used because it had like a bent wing bent or wing some, something something like that so that one looked a little bit different than the rest of them and kind of fit the description that, that Ron was talking about as well. So he was able to, Harry was able to find it fairly quickly and the, the three of them have to team up and kind of attack the key from different angles so it doesn't have anywhere to go, right? Yes, they kind of trap it. And we eventually get through and we are on to the next challenge and nobody's dead yet. Yay! It is a, next challenge is a, and I, I've, vaguely remember this one from the movie um from from what i it, i think this one the picture in my head i drew a little bit more from the movie than from my own imagination if that makes sense yeah. it is a life-sized game of chess and ron hermione and harry basically have to take the places of three of the pieces on i think they're on the black side of the chessboard yes. because they said the white side goes first and it was not them it was one of the pawns from the other side so ron hermione and harry have to take places of of three of the pieces Uh, ron is the knight harry is the bishop and hermione is the castle or the rook and we quickly find out that this is not just a friendly game of chess that you have to win in order to to get through Uh, but this is kind of ron's time to shine you know hermione's had her her moments and and Harry kind of had his moment uh, in the last room you know uh, Hermione with uh, getting out of the devil snare and this is kind of Ron's big contribution because he's really good at chess mm-hmm. you like to play chess that's a hot take by you by the way Thanks. you're having a big show <laughs> I try to set you up yeah he's good at chess you're right <laughs> and you're gonna say yeah he's he likes chess no you're gonna say you said it all already. You did. What you, did you said want? it did so well. You tried to do the Hermione like flatter. You tried to flatter me. <laughs> you said it so well. There's really nothing else I can add. And I'm just like Hagrid. I just kind of blush and go with it because I don't know any better. The problem is with Ron being good at chess and being able, like I could easily conceive of him winning this game and moving on to the next room. The problem is, when you're playing chess, it's hard enough to win at a game of chess. And I'm assuming this is the the incantation that McGonagall put on this room is not like a, um, you know, a novice chess level. I'm assuming that the diff- oh, yeah. I'm assuming the difficulty level is cranked up pretty, high, pretty high to use, you know, a video game reference. So Ron has to think about not only winning in a difficult a difficult game, 
But he also has to do it while protecting Ron and Hermione, the pieces that they are portraying. And like I said, chess is hard enough without saying, okay, I have to win, but I can't lose my knight. I I have to win without losing my knight, without losing my bishop, and without losing my rook. Now you're really... That's like saying, like, I'm going to win this fight with one hand tied behind my back. You know, that, that's just kind of the, the, the situation that we're in with this, um, with, with this obstacle that we've got to overcome. So what does Ron do? He does what heroes do sometimes, right? Well, well first he, did, he does most of the work himself. Sure. He, it says that, you know, Ron does most of the taking of the white pieces and he zips across the board and does this and does that. Just kind of leaving Hermione and Harry where they are to protect them. Right. Um, and keep them away from the other chess pieces. Well, I guess we should talk about the like that before we move on because when I said it's not a friendly game, for example, when the queen the the queen on the white team you know takes one of the pawns, how would they take down the pawn? Would they just like take them off the board? No. Well, I was a little confused by this. I'm getting my movie and book mixed up because in the movie they do a really good job of introducing this early. Mm-hmm. Ron is playing wizard's chest, and they dip- differentiate it as wizard's chest. And the pieces move on their own. You tell them what to do, and then they smash each other yeah, up. Yeah, they interact they, with each other. Yeah, they yeah. interact. They they do battle. They go to battle, and the one destroys the other one. Yeah. Um, and then the boys... It's like the chess game they played in, in on Star Wars, on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Let the Wookiee win. Let the Wookiee win. And so then, you know, over Christmas break, over the holiday, they're doing it too. Harry gets his own board and they they practice, or his own set, and then they play against each other. And I don't know, they do this really good job of setting up wizard's chess and how brutal it is and how different it is. And then when we get to this room, they don't say... In the movies, they say it. She said, do you think it's like Wizard's Chess? And he's like, I think it's exactly like Wizard's Chess. Yeah. And so you know what to expect, that this is not going this, this is going to be a very dangerous game yeah. of chess. I mean, the stone figure is like lopping heads off of the opposition. Mm-hmm. And if it can do that to another stone figure, imagine what it can do to flesh and blood. Person, yeah. So you would be in... That's why, you know, Ron has to... It's not like, you know, oh, I'm out of the game. I guess I'll just stand on the side and wait to see who wins. Mm-hmm. No, you could you could literally die, you know, if your your piece gets taken away. So Ron has to try try to not only checkmate uh, the other side, he also has to protect himself and his friends. And then assuming if you are if you are out of the game, if you your your piece loses, you don't get to go on mm-hmm. too. So it's not just like he could get eliminated and then still continue on with them mm-hmm. assuming they wouldn't right. allow that like no you lost your piece lost even though your team won well ron finally gets to a, a point where he sees what the end game is he sees the move that he has to make because sometimes in chess you sacrifice pieces to win the game you yes. you, you might sacrifice you know uh, you definitely sacrifice pawns, you know, quite a bit. There, a lot of those are just used as, you know, strategic blocking and, you know, kind of to force, uh, draw somebody uh, yeah, out. to yeah, to draw some draw the opponent out and to force a move so you could set up, you know, your attack three moves down the line. 
And Ron sees that him as the knight, he has to sacrifice his peace because if he moves to a certain spot, the uh, I believe the opposing queen would come up and take Ron's peace, which would leave the opposing king unprotected so Harry could go in for the checkmate. Mm-hmm. Problem is with that, you're not just you know, sacrificing your peace. You are the peace and you're sacrificing yourself. So Ron kind of steps up here and does what heroes do and he sacrifices himself for the greater good. She doesn't, however, cut his head off, thankfully. He does get, uh, he gets bludgeoned pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Gets knocked out and drug off the board and tossed, tossed and we, aside. And we don't, we, I mean, we don't know. He could be dead, you know. Uh, uh, I think Hermione screams and, you know, Harry and Hermione know they have to go on, but Harry kind of tries to give them themselves some false hope by saying, oh, he's just knocked out. It's fine. It's tries fine. to kind of talk he's himself into out. that. Right? It'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Let's go. So Ron's out. Uh, we don't know if he's just unconscious. We don't know if he's got, you know, massive brain trauma. We don't know if But his head is still attached. His head is still attached to his so body. So we're holding on hope. He's doing better than nearly headless Nick <laughs> at this point. Yes. At this point, we've encountered Sprout's contribution, the devil snare. Mm-hmm. We've encountered Flitwick's, the, the charmed keys, and McGonagall's, the transfigured uh chess game along with Hagrid's contribution which was fluffy and you were telling me about one that I kind of just in the 75 page chapter I kind of just it was not 75 pages glossed over which was what the room with the troll it was it was uneventful yeah it just kind of just walked through because whoever came before them had already taken care of the troll out but the smell was really bad still so this troll's just hanging out down there yeah and they compare it to the one on Halloween. It's bigger than that one. But how does he eat and stuff? I don't know. They feed it? It's magic. It's a magic castle. Okay. I'm just, like, this troll, like... I mean, maybe the troll was dead, like, <laughs> when when Snape or whoever got there because they said, uh, you know, one of the professors said, I am going to make my obstacle a troll. Not realizing that trolls need, like, you know, oxygen and water and food and, and things like that. And then the troll just died, <laughs> you know, down Somebody there. Somebody was feeding Fluffy. <laughs> the troll's been... Yeah, Fluffy's in the first room, though. Yeah. Like, who's going to go through, like, all those all those rooms to, like, you know, throw the, a troll like, a, you know, a dead deer or something like that? You know, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? That just seemed, like, kind of misplaced. And who's, whose contribution was the troll? Quirrell have to be if potions is next and that's snape yes coral's like not stepping up not really <laughs> not really uh you know contra- if that well, if that is his contribution then he he's defense against the dark great. arts he can handle himself with werewolves he yeah. can surely handle a troll I'm starting to think that he didn't do any of that stuff <laughs> i'm starting to think he's just uh you know uh, swerving everybody. So uh, we get through the room with has the dead troll in it is already. That <laughs> dead? Why? I think it is. Oh. I think it is. Well, he's just like incapacitated. I think he's knocked dead. out. Just like they knocked out the one on Halloween. Yeah, I think he died weeks ago. <laughs> they actually probably used the same maneuver that that they used in Halloween when Guardian Leviosa, the club, right onto the head, knocked him out. Yeah. Fine. I, 
see, well, that couldn't have been Quirrell's contribution then, because why would Snape need to get past if it was just a troll? Snape has been like saying that he needs Quirrell's. Well, maybe he didn't know what it was, and he wouldn't know what it was before he went down there. I mean, he did nearly get his leg bit off by Sluffy. Sluffy. Fluffy. I'm sure he knew what it was. I'm sure they all knew who, what each other's was, which I guess kind of bugged me. It seemed like Snape knew how to get past everybody's except for Quirrell's. So it seemed like he knew what everybody else's was. So why would he not know what Quirrell's is? I don't know. You you know you know something know. and you're not telling me, so I'm just gonna move on. So I can't uh, tell you. we come to a room of seven potions, and potions means that we're dealing with Severus Snape, correct? Yes. So a table of seven potions. As soon as we get in the room, fire springs up to block the next doorway, and fire springs up to block the preceding doorway. Purple fire and black fire. So if we want to go forward, gotta we got to get through fire. fire. We want to go back. We had to go through Purple fire paper. as well. And Hermione reads a roll of papers next to the bottles, which contain clues and riddles to know what potions to drink to be able to walk forward through the black fire, or what potion to drink to be able to walk backward through the purple fire. And this is where I come to the 30 minutes that I spent. This is why you think the chapter was so long. Because you spent 30 minutes trying to decipher the riddle. Okay, so let me go back to um, the page where the they actually give the clues here, and I'll, and I'll read them to the best of my abilities. And the papers read, Danger lies before you, while safety lies behind. Two of us will help you, whichever you would find. One among us seven will let, will let you move ahead. Another will transport the drinker back instead. Two among our number hold only nettle wine. Three of us are killers, waiting hidden in line. Choose, unless you wish to stay here forevermore. To help you in your choice, we will give you these clues for. First, however slyly the poison tries to hide, you will always find, on, find some on nettle wine's left side. Second, different are those who stand at either end. But if you would move onward, neither is your friend. Third, as you see clearly, all are different size. Neither dwarf nor giant holds death in their insides. Fourth, the second left and the second on the right are twins once you taste them, though different at first sight. So, trying to figure out this riddle in my head. <laughs> and there's seven bottles. So I numbered them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven from left to right. And I used my little key here of P for poison, W for wine, F for forward, and B for behind. It turns out there are 420 possible solutions to this, given the fact that only one of them can make you go forward, one of them can take you back, three are poison and, and two are wine, and there's seven uh, bottles. There's 420 possible solutions. And I also told you that based on what J.K. Rowling gives us in the book, it is unsolvable for the reader. Because the, the last clue that says that the biggest one and the smallest one, neither one is, I think it said neither one is poison, right? Mm -hmm. 
without knowing with without knowing which one you know one two three four five six seven is the biggest and which one one two three four five six seven is the smallest which they don't tell us this is unsolvable you can get it down to eight possible solutions without knowing those those two and you think she did that on purpose right i do um if the reader is reading it and solves the riddle before they get to the point where hermione solves the riddle then it's not as impressive. But if the reader's sitting there stumped, like someone I know, um, because it's Hermione, not solvable, and Hermione <laughs> sits there and goes, hmm, "Let me think for a moment." Oh, of course, it's this. Mm-hmm. It's much more impressive. I uh, totally off topic. They, I read a, a different series, one of the Sergio Mass series, um, and the character in the book was given a riddle, and it was insanely easy to to, to figure out. Mm-hmm. But yet you have to sit there through 10 more pages of her trying to figure it out and like literally being tortured for not figuring it out. And and it was really annoying to read because you as the reader already knew what it was. It needed to be a little harder so that you couldn't think of it until they said it and then it was obvious. You know, that's what riddles are known for is... Oh, of course it's that. Sure. You need that reaction. But in this case, I think it was intentional. I think she she might even have had it in there that, you know, Hermione mentions, well, the big one is this one, the third from the end or whatever. And then they might have just taken it out because they, she probably, you know, as an author, it wouldn't have been good for her to give the let the reader figure it out first. So what I, me trying to work through this, I know that bottle number one cannot be wine because there's nothing to the left of it. And it said that poison always hides to the left of the wine. So bottle number one has to either be the forward potion, the the backward uh, potion, or it has to be poison. So it can't be wine. Uh, The other thing is that when when I was trying to just, you were sitting there just giggling at me trying to think this out. I said, well, Something has to be wrong here because it says that poison is always to the left of wine, but there's three poisons and only two wines, so that can't be right because if what there would be no other wine to be to the right of, of the poison. But then I'm kind of thinking that two poisons could be together as long as they were still to the left of the wine, as long as there was nothing in between them and the wine. You couldn't have all three poisons together, which helps you, because there would be another wine out there that would not have a poison to the left of it. So there could be two poisons together, and there probably are two poisons together, just not three poisons together. So that helps. Uh, It said that number two and number six are twins once you taste them. So if they're twins, that means they have to either both be poison or they have to either both be wine. Because if they were the forward or the backward potion they wouldn't they wouldn't have a twin so that helps a little bit there you know so based on like i said i you could get you have to assume though that those are both wine because if you tasted the first poison i don't think you'd live long enough to taste the second poison you see i didn't even think of that so if you tasted them you would see that they're both the same well i think that is meaning that they're wine so, like I said, you can get the 420 solutions down to eight, but you can't go any further without knowing the sizes. And Hermione, you know, actually tells us that number seven, the one on the, the far right, 
is uh, the bottle that allows you to go backwards. That's what that Hermione figures that out. Um, I don't know how. I, I mean, I know how she figured it out because she could see the sizes. Yes. If we could see the sizes, we would have been able to figure it out too. But like you said, maybe they they left that out. The on tiny purpose. one goes forward. Right. So. And use it backward. No, the the one. Well, the one on the far right was the big. Had to have been the big one. Okay. Because it says that Harry drinks the tiny one, tiny one. which goes forward. So the one on the far right is one that Hermione drinks to go backward and she's and they said that that was the biggest one so if we use hermione's clue that bottle seven is the backwards potion now we go from 420 down to eight down to two possible solutions given that we know that number seven is the one that goes backward and that is the biggest so if seven is back then number six can't be poison because poison is always to the left of wine so if number six is not poison and it's not backward then it's got to be wine and if number six is wine then number two also has to be wine because it's the twins uh, of one another so we know where our wines are we know where our our backwards uh one is if number two is one is wine then number one has to be poison because it's to the left of it uh four and five Cause we have two, so we have two poisons left, and we have the forward potion. Four and five have to be poison, because if six is wine, and we only have, and we have three spots left, three, four, and five are left, and we know six is wine, two of them have to be poison, and one of them has to be the forward potion. So four and five have to be the poisons. They have to be the poisons because they're to the left of the wine, which leaves number three as the forward potion. That is because that's the only one left over. And that one has to be the smallest one because uh, in the book it says that Harry drinks the smallest one. Now, the only the only thing there is that the, the two possible options for which one is the smallest is either three or four. But it's got it's got to be three because that's what Harry drinks. Mm -hmm. So the only way we could get down to that possible solution is knowing that Hermione could see the sizes of them and, and figured it out. Um, in the movie, how does that play out? I mean, are you able to like clearly see the differentiation in, in sizes? Or the does Hermione figure it out pretty quick? Is there a, you know a lot of you know hoopla around it? I don't remember specifically. I don't even know if she reads the whole riddle out loud. If she just goes, oh, it's a riddle. Look, give me a second and figures it out and tells him. Gotcha. But maybe they do read the clues out loud. Like I said, I don't remember specifically. And then, but I think she might do it so fast that she just this and then this and then that, you know, reads it off and then goes, oh, well, it has to be this one. They don't spend a lot of time on it. And the other so. thing that I think is important that I forgot to put in my notes was there's not enough even though she's figured out which potions are, are the right ones to drink, there's not enough to send both of them forward, right? Yes, there's only one, there's one, one swallow, sip. one sip left. <laughs> one of them has to, only one of them can go forward, and then the other one is going to go back, uh, gather up <laughs> Ron. What's left to Ron. And uh, send, uh, go to the owlry and, send for help. and get, um, uh, you know, send the owl for Hedwig. 
<laughs> almost said Hagrid, send uh, Hedwig to go get Dumbledore, right? There's just right. a lot of, lot of moving parts here to, there are. to keep, uh, you know, to keep uh, track of. But Hermione solves the riddle. Uh, we decide that Hermione is going to head back, get Ron, and send an owl to retrieve Dumbledore, and Harry is going to go on to the next room. And the best that Harry can do at this point, because we don't, we we think that we're going to run into Snape and possibly even Voldemort. Harry's no match for either one of them. Not even for the for, chosen one. Not the, the chosen one at this point in his schooling is not a match for even a weakened, you know, blood unicorn blood drinking Voldemort. You wouldn't think, right? I mean, because if that was Voldemort in the in the woods, I mean, he took care of Harry pretty quick. You know, he made the you know lightning bolt yeah, on his head. Hurt and he just felt yeah. Down. I mean, he's really no match for either one of them. He's learned some spells in his first year. He's learned some some tactics in his in his first he year. Change a mouse into a snuffle yeah, box. Yeah, so maybe he'll try to change <laughs> change him into a snuffle box. <laughs> but his basically what he's saying is that. I got lucky once with Voldemort. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there, maybe there is something. Maybe there is some, you know, uh, luck inside of me that will, you know, help me hold off uh, the bad guys for longer than, or long enough to get Dumbledore back to, to take care of this and and keep and keep evil from, you know, using the Sorcerer's Stone to bring Voldemort back. And that's kind of where we're at when the chapter ends. Harry walking into the room, basically thinking that he's going to run into Snape and or Voldemort, but he doesn't run into either one of them. Nope. And it doesn't tell us who it is. It does on the next page. Oh, it does on the next page. Yeah. Okay. So. So you already knew who it was. Yes. So I'm trying to think of, and I, I I didn't look ahead because by the time I got to the end of the 75 page chapter, I was I was, I was pretty toast. And I'm struggling not to read the next chapter. So. Like, I would read it right now. We do could do the next podcast right now. So I'm trying to think who it could be. I, I don't really know. I mean, I guess it could be. See, I struggle with this, too, because I don't know how much you remember from the movies. Yeah. See, I don't remember. I like, don't want to spoil things yeah. for you, but sometimes I assume you remember from the movie, yeah, but and you I, don't. And I don't. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't. No, you're doing fine. You're doing, you're doing a, a good job of. Because I'm really, I'm still really excited to read the last chapter. I'm really excited to watch the movie again. Now that I have, I, I'm more excited to watch the movie this time than I was the first time, because I, I want to, you know, I have it. It's kind of like when I, when I read the Hunger Games for the first time, and I couldn't wait for the movie to come out to see if it matched what was in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I was, I was like, oh, Jessica, you got to read this book. I'm telling you, it's like really, <laughs> you know, you, you it's saw the gladiators you, killing each children. I'm like, wait, what? It was like gladiator children, like killing each other. And then you read the books. You're like, that's nothing like the <laughs> no. Hunger. I said, that's exactly what the Hunger Games is. Only like District 1 and 2 were like gladiator how, children. The rest were just regular kids. No, they're, they're put into a gladiator setting. You said gladiator children, like, like I'm picturing... Gladiators in spandex. Spandex? Yeah. They wear armor and stuff. No. Gladiators wear armor. Like on the show? What show? Isn't there like American American Gladiators? Gladiators? (laughs) That's what I'm picturing. So when you think of gladiators, you don't think of like Roman gladiators wearing armor. You think of... We have had this miscommunication between us for how many years? 
American Gladiators, which was, it's an awesome show, by the way. I always wanted to be on American Gladiators when I was a little fat yes, kid. Yes, <laughs> see, I know you're a fan of American Gladiators. So when you say gladiators, it was gladiator children fighting each other. I am picturing a bunch of kids in spandex climbing to the top of that silly mountain. <laughs> fighting each for other. For a piece of bread. Fighting each other with, like, the, the battle sticks. This and is the... why I was not interested in seeing the movie. I did, to, to be fair to me, I didn't preface it by saying, you remember that awesome show, American Gladiators? <laughs> <laughs> that, this was you letting your, your mind wander. No, you're... So when you think of gladiators, like, fighting over, you know, food and fighting for supremacy... Well, <laughs> you, I, you probably, that, I think you did say it was like a, it's Hunger Games, so I'm thinking of a game. The first thing that pops in your head is gladiators American Gladiators. was American Gladiators. Okay. All right. <laughs> How many years <laughs> we had this miscommunication? Yeah, I don't know. Well, marriage is hard sometimes. You got to work through miscommunications and, and things like that. And it's not easy. You mm-hmm. know, that's why more than fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Mm-hmm. But uh, this one's still going strong. You know, at this. Because our biggest miscommunication is, is about American, American gladiators, gladiators and the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't. And and we've never screamed at each other about anything, but. This is probably the closest we've ever come to right now. <laughs> it's me yelling at you about like, why would you think that I was talking about American Gladiators, the wonderful television show from my youth? Because you like that show. I do really like that show. I do really like that show. I always, I always wanted to be on it when I was a little fat kid, and then uh, when I got older, like the show, they they brought it back for like a season, but the show went off the air and just was never as popular as it was the first time. Um, I think I'd do okay on that show. I don't think I'd like win or anything, but... All I remember I okay. is the climbing the mountain. And see, and I think I'd be good at that. That's all I remember. I think I'd, I think I'd be okay. Well, I don't know. Like, Do the things like slide out and push you off like on the other game shows? No, I think you're thinking of uh, <laughs> Wipeout or something like that. <laughs> or one of the Japanese game shows where, yeah. you know, they're always like... <laughs> it's all like inflatable like shooting, things. Yeah, they're always shooting basketballs people. at them or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Those are good shows, too. Oh, we're off topic. I mean, so, okay. I'm trying to think of just who would, you know, have knowledge or want to get down there. You know, I the first thing that popped in my head was Nicholas Flamel. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it is... His, his stone. stone you we know. don't know. Dumbledore. 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 Yeah. Um, I thought maybe, um, and it wouldn't make sense for for it to be Dumbledore down there, you know, uh, because there's only one chapter left. That would be like the end of the book. Like, oh, Harry, you did such a good job of uh, giving me hints that there was something going on with the with the the stone. I had to come down here myself and procure it. It's all a big test for Harry. Yeah, that'd be a dumb ending. Yeah, that'd it's be a, part of his final exam. Yeah, that'd he gets be a, a special one because he's the chosen one. Yeah, that'd be a dumb ending of the book. Don't read Divergent. I mean, Quirrell is still around. Oh wow! Shot <laughs> shot at uh, uh, what's her name? Veronica Roth. Veronica Roth. Uh, you really like the first Divergent book? First two. First are fantastic. two. Second one is just don't, just uh, don't, just stop after the first two. <laughs> not good. I almost said a. I almost said. Uh, I almost took us out of our PG rating there, <laughs> but uh, I, I I just said it's, it's not good. I have to put a little asterisk by that. It's not because of the ending of the book, the mm. entire book. Yeah. I did not like it's the garbage. entire book. Yeah. 
There are some people that just didn't like the last Is that the biggest book, bit. too, of the three? I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's the one that didn't even get a movie. Yeah. But it was that bad. Yeah. Oh, well. So, uh, or maybe it got half a movie. And you're going to... Or it got a movie So for you're excited about meeting Veronica Roth at the next Comic-Con, though, right? Uh, no. No, I'm not. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I believe you're... She's you're, also going to be at BookCon, and I'm just like... Yeah. I believe your, your line was uh, something like... Uh, yeah, maybe she'll find somebody who likes her bad books. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, because I, mean, yeah, I said if she goes everywhere, because she seems like... Yeah, maybe she goes enough every- places, maybe she'll find somebody who likes her bad books. Yep, that's what I said. Yeah, that was good. That was what I said. Yeah. Well, that's the Raven, know-it-all Ravenclaw in you coming out. You're, you guys are very picky about your book authors. Well, yeah. So, I mean, Coral hasn't... We don't know what his connection is yet i mean we don't even know what his contribution to the getting past everything maybe we still haven't gotten to it you know maybe maybe this is his room next and then there's another room after that i don't know it, it could I be do. It, i know you do it, <laughs> i mean the the thought of hagrid being down there briefly crossed my mind uh maybe to kind of make up for the fact he's got that a he's distillery down there <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Harry! Join me for a pint, would you? <laughs> All of a sudden, like Hag- Hagrid has become the captain from SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Are you ready, kids? <laughs> I'm not. I'm uh, not not great at my Harry Potter impressions. I, you know, the thought of one of the centaurs being down there, possibly. Oh, uh, they can't read, see the stars down there. That's true. That, just, uh, that won't work. But who was who was the one that? Um, from the last chapter who kind of is speaking of not to borrow the pun diverging from the <laughs> diverging from the, the centaur path what was his Ferenz Ferenz or, uh, or Ferenzi or whoever He's been, yeah, However, translation. I thought that maybe it could possibly be him because he's trying to kind of go away from the centaurs and trying to protect he's willing the to get stone. involved right well, willing to get his hands dirty you know maybe it's one of Maybe it's the the lackey that we met in the bar, the hooded figure. If it's not Snape or or Voldemort, maybe it's somebody else. Those are just some of the possibilities that popped into my head. Um, I will ask you this. Is it one of those? (laughs) I said like 10 10 people. (laughs) I'm sure it's one of them. It's one of them. Fantastic. I'm pretty sure you you said the right one somewhere in there. So this has been our longest show so far. Woo! Um, It's the longest chapter. Yeah. Of course. And we got off topic a couple times. Yeah, we did. But that's part of the fun, is, is. that we don't just... Uh, and it's good for our marriage, apparently, to talk through these things. I think it is. And I think it is. You're <laughs> laughing. And clear up uh, some miscommunications. You're, you're smiling, and, and you're showing your teeth when you smile, which is, uh, which means you either uh, have taken massive amounts of Benadryl, <laughs> or you're... That was awful! Or you're having fun with me right now, which... <laughs> Shame on you for having fun with your husband. How dare you? <laughs> We've been married for coming up on 15 years of this recording. How dare you have fun with your husband? Shame on you. This marriage is over. It's a sham. It's no? not a sham. No, it's not a sham. No. We are the, we are the, the cute couple. We yeah. said that the other day. <laughs> Our friends said that. Yeah. Uh, we can't be as cute as you. Like, well, it's. No. I understand that. Somebody's got to do it. Yep. Somebody's got to carry that flag. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there since we've gone long here? Anything else that kind of stood out? Um, you want to talk about Peeves a little bit? No, no, <laughs> we don't need to talk about Peeves. And I, 
there's lots of variations from the movie here. I think we can save that for when we watch the movie because then it'll be fresh in both of our minds. Okay. Uh, but we do, it varies quite a bit from the movie here. So they did get past Peeves by pretending that they were. The Bloody Baron. The Bloody Baron. <laughs> because Peeves was. Harry apparently is good at impressions. Yeah, he's better than me. <laughs> he's like, hey, there's a Bloody Baron here. <laughs> Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Bloody Baron. Yeah, because we learned in the very beginning that. The Bloody Baron's the only one Peeves is afraid of. And Peeves noticed that there was, they could, couldn't see them. He could them. see them, but he could tell they were there. Yeah, he could tell something was, yeah, I can see you. You should not be out. Maybe I should tell uh, Filch or yeah. Mrs. Uh, Norris. Mrs. Norris. I almost said Mrs. Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Buttons. Where did that come I from? I don't know. I'm, there's a lot of names to keep track. I can't possibly remember the cat's name. The jerky cat's name. And what's Hermione's cat's name? Crookshanks. Crookshank? <laughs> yeah. Crook? Crook. Crook. Shanks. Shank. Got it. All right. You're having, S on the end. Yeah. Shanks? Crookshanks? Shanks. You're having a big show. I yeah. don't know how I remember all this. Actually. Yeah, I don't know how you remember I haven't all read either. the books in a long time. Yeah. So they pretend to be the Bloody Bear, and that's how they get past uh, Peeves. But you said, I need to know who Peeves is. For later he, on? Yeah, not need, but he, <laughs> but he he pops up all the time. All the time. He's Voldemort. Okay, spoilers, I can't say that. Yeah, because it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, I guess we'll get out of here then. Uh, is Jennifer blowing your phone up right now? No. Your phone keeps No, I think she's got a baby shower or something yeah, today. She's remember she mentioned otherwise that Otherwise preoccupied. Well, whenever the baby shower is over, we'll... Yeah, she'll blow it up. Yeah, yeah. and we'll let her know when the next she's, podcast is Yeah, she's is waiting up. for that one. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Jennifer. We're getting on it. You know? <laughs> it's easy. She it's, probably had to drive to the baby shower today, and she wanted something to listen to. Well, it's easy for your good friend Jessica to do these podcasts, because she just reads a chapter and sits in front of a microphone with nothing in front of her. Literally not even two words for the longest chapter. And I have uh, two full pages and a uh, three-fourths of a page of me trying to figure out this freaking riddle. <laughs> so there was a lot of, uh, there was a big investment in, yeah, in this chapter. Yeah, you sat down to read and I was like, oh, oh, I better, I better do that too. But then I was hungry, so I started making some food. God. And then I sat down and I'm like on page two of the chapter and mm. you're asking me about the riddle and I'm like I'm not even there yet like so this riddle <laughs> and I thought I was going to have to do some major catching up because you were so far ahead of me no nah. no nah. I just nah. I let you catch up by spending a half hour on the riddle yeah yeah and, I caught up and then then my brain hurts so shout out to Jennifer uh, shout Kelly, out happy to happy birthday to Kelly happy birthday to our resident Slytherin Kelly broomsticks and butterbeer the longest episode ever in the history uh Recapping the longest chapter ever in the history of written prose, the 75-page chapter. 20 pages. Through the trap door. Through the trap door. There you go. I'm having. That's what they did. They went through the trap door. Yeah. Don't unplug the microphone while you're opening that book, please. I won't. <laughs> Came pretty close to it. You're just happy to be at Hogwarts. I'm so. just happy to be at Hogwarts. Hashtag happy to be at Hogwarts. I'm Dan Rhino. Jessica Rhino. We'll see you next time. Has 
That old black magic that you weave so well 